From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, June 22nd. Delighting in the vivid fall colors and spring wildflowers. Last night, a group of people gathered at Back of Beyond Bookstore on Main Street. Some were seated, some were standing among the many rows of curated titles, listening as fellow community members processed their grief. Now, with heavy heart in my chest and tears on my cheeks, I hold her as she burns. The event was LaSalle Mountain Elegies, an opportunity for those in attendance to hear from those affected by the Pack Creek Fire. The blaze has now burned for almost two weeks. It started from an abandoned campfire in the Pack Creek day use area. I want to talk mostly about Pack Creek because that's, that's our home. And we love the LaSalle's and, and have a lot of special places up there. But, but As they listened to their fellow community members speak, many at last night's event held a small book also titled LaSalle Mountain Elegies. It was put together by the staff at the bookstore. It's a collection of some real-time thoughts and feelings of the community as they watched the LaSalle Mountains burn. In the early days of the fire, these words were popping up all over social media, usually accompanied by a few photos, perhaps of the mountains before the fire, and a statement about what that landscape means to the author and how they're feeling as they watch the plumes of smoke. The loss lays heavy on the morning air. The aroma of this campfire comes to rest in the fibers of all below. The fragrance notes are not of happy camper, but of an elegy for habitat. The birds sing a requiem by heart. I think that's a really normal process to go through when you see a place you love burning. That's Professor Kat Edgley from Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff. I asked her for her thoughts on this community-wide grieving. Professor Edgley is a social scientist whose research is concerned with wildfire and communities. Thinking about people and the way we live across the West, a lot of our communities are tied to the landscapes around us. So the identity of places like Jackson Hole wouldn't be the same without the Tetons, the same for Moab. So when there's something that's threatening that or positioned to change it, uh, that can be really scary, and that's pretty natural to to be worried about a landscape. Edgley says there's actually a specific term for this, the psychological response when an environment is changing in ways people might find distressing, solastalgia. That psychological response, the way of watching that change, and it can change your connection to the landscape too. So um, you get that kind of loss of a sense of place. It's not the same as it used to be and. So for some people, it doesn't feel like home anymore. When I first moved here, a friend of mine was talking about the LaSalle's and talking about how, you know, like whenever he left Moab, he always looked forward to coming back and coming down 191. And as soon as you saw those mountains, you knew you were home. Artist and illustrator Samantha Zim describing just what the LaSalle's might mean to many who live in the Moab area. Zim's words also appear in the LaSalle Mountain Elegies book, along with her illustration of the blaze. You know, whether or not you live in them, I feel like this has an emotional impact if you live in Moab at all, because they're such a huge part of living here. In those first few days of the Pat Creek Fire, Zim describes feeling like she didn't know what else to do but watch it, or as she says, bear witness, and then draw it. She says the day after the fire started, The sun went down, it became apparent just how much of the mountainside had caught fire. Yeah, it was just really impactful. 
And then I woke up in the morning and just was, of course, still thinking about it and just decided to draw it as kind of a way to sort of process it. And it was where my head was at. And in terms of like this fire. Back at the bookstore event, writer Brooke Williams is speaking on his observations of the Pack Creek Fire. Without naming it, he touches on solastalgia, how one's relationship to the mountains might be changed now. We all expect the people that are older than us and ahead of us in life to, to one day die and we'll probably have to suffer through their death and, their, and, and miss them. And I don't think we've, had, we've felt that way about a forest before. But I think this fire for us has really changed that in a way that it's, it's something that we just have got to come to expect now. Usually during and after fire, communities say they come together in a different way. They get to know their neighbors better. Um, they're meeting people. They're feeling closer than before. Professor Edgley has studied different communities and their various responses to wildfire. She says right now, Moab could use this new connection of shared experience to adapt to fire in general. Harness that connection to move discussions forward. What, what if this happens again? What areas are we most concerned about and who could we work with to address those. So there's definitely that connection between people that you can really mobilize after fire to think about fire moving forward. And that doesn't last forever. We call it a window of opportunity. As long as people are thinking about it, usually uh, maybe six months to a couple of years. So thinking about it shortly after the fire is a really good time when it's still on people's minds and they remember what it's like. As someone who's observed communities after fire events, she notes that burned areas may look destroyed, but they likely won't stay that way forever. Professor Edgley has observed people who initially document their anger and grief over wildfire, but over time, it changes. When I come back to different places I research uh, five, ten years on, it's kind of a, a fondness of watching the landscape bounce back. It won't be like that forever. So now you get to sit front row and watch the landscape reinvent itself. A PDF of the LaSalle Mountain Elegies collection is available online. Find it in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. Now let's turn to recovery after a fire, specifically the 2020 Grizzly Creek Fire that burned near Glenwood Springs, Colorado. That's where a team was working recently to make a burned area accessible to hikers and bikers and keep nearby waterways from being filled with ash and charred debris. From Aspen Public Radio, reporter Alex Hager has this audio postcard. Hi, my name is Chad Rudo. I'm the Water Quality Program Manager for Roaring Fork Conservancy. Where are we? Can you kind of tell me what we're looking at and, and, and why we're here? Yeah, so we're maybe a mile up the Grizzly Creek Trail, uh, right by the rushing Grizzly Creek that you can hear in the background here. And we're here to do some trail work around the fire. And as we've walked up the valley here, we've seen the classic sort of mosaic burn pattern where we see some patches that are truly untouched and still in great shape. We're seeing some burned areas. We've had a lot of fires all across the West, all across Colorado, all across this region particularly. Is there something kind of especially dangerous about the fact that this one happened like on top of the Colorado River? The Colorado River is an incredibly hard working river. It supplies water for 40 million people as it makes its way all the way downstream to the, the Gulf of California. 
we are right here just a mile away from the Colorado River. So it's a very direct line for, you know, anything that happens here in the burn area to just make its way right into the Colorado River. And we're not that far upstream of Glenwood Springs. When we're looking at the bigger picture of what happens with burns along really any body of water, but right here, the creek and Colorado River, you know, why does that matter? Where, where does a fire fit in with the water? When you have less vegetation to hold soil in place, then there's the potential for a lot of mud and debris to make its way into the stream system. Water quality is also a potential impact. Different chemicals that may come from the burn area itself, or also, you know, a lot of uh, pollutants will attach themselves to sediments. So just by allowing sediment into the stream system, um, those pollutants can sort of tag along, if you will. Can I get you to tell me your name and what your position is and, and why you're involved here? My name is Carl Nelson. I'm the field coordinator for Roaring Fork Outdoor Volunteers. This is my eighth summer doing this job. It's my passion to be working outside and being on the trails, so happy to be here. And uh, you've got quite a set of tools here. What, what are we carrying and what are they gonna do? Well, I have a McLeod here and a Pulaski. The McLeod is really good for raking debris and uh, moving stuff out of the way for fires, but it's also a really good trail tool for scraping gravel, dirt, and debris. And why is this restoration work so important? I mean, you know, the, the stuff that we're doing today with these tools that you got strapped to your back, what kind of difference is this gonna make for the, you know, the wild landscape? If you maintain the trail and make it a clear, easy to see walking path, then people will stick to that path and walk on the same surface. We're not trying to sanitize the wilderness. We're trying to ha have it be a more enjoyable experience for all of our users and less impactful to the wildlife around it so everybody stays on the same trail. We're coming into what potentially looks like another year of these dry, drought-like conditions. And so it adds to a sense of urgency as far as being cautious around our, our local forests and, and keeping an eye on our water resources. And uh, you know, you are someone who has dedicated quite a bit of time in life to protecting water. Why do you care? Like, why is this important? Not only is this, um, this important to me from a work standpoint and water quality standpoint, but I live in Glenwood. Um, we're raising a family in Glenwood. This is actually a trail we've hiked a lot with our boys. So, you know, it's, it's, there's a personal connection as well. So I'm happy to get out here and do this work and I'm actually excited to, to bring my boys up here and kind of see how things have changed and, and talk about what those changes mean with them. That was Aspen Public Radio's Alex Hager reporting. The story is part of ongoing coverage of the Colorado River, supported by the Walton Family Foundation. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, June 22nd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.